0: hello beautiful people um this is episode 10 of season 2 of the diary of a balker billionaire podcast this is martin Sotando here again to share some interesting things with you today i'm talking about something different um that may surprise a lot of you because this podcast has always been educational it's always been about crypto you know you have your hard topics like how to invest in crypto the right way you not know, sell your bitcoin and your crypto too soon or how i made my first million and a whole lot of other things about investing building your life and that but today i want to take it to a different dimension you know try to you know who is this martin's guy who is he where does he come from or where is he going you know i'm kind of trying to because i get asked a lot about this, so today I'm going to take it a little bit back uh, to um, I mean my own, je- my own my own life's journey, where I started, where I am now, and uh, I'm actually writing a book about myself, an autobiography of myself. I've been writing it for the past three years now, and it will not be ready until I'm forty or more. So, but I'm just going to take portions of that place. I'm not going to go back to the beginning, you know, where I was born, how I was born, the year I was born. I'm not going to tackle that right now. Maybe I can say that in later episodes or maybe when you happen to be alive, by the time I'm releasing the book, maybe by the time I'm 40, maybe which is is, uh, 15 to, you know, 20 years from now, right? So today I'm taking myself back. So the topic for today is, let's go back a little. Excuse me, I have a little flu so it might interfere so just excuse me for that right so let's uh, today's topic is let's go back a little my life's journey and how i developed a fighting spirit so um let's start with the year 1999 so the year is 1999 December 1999 i traveled with my mom to Accra the capital of Ghana my dad lived in Accra my mom lived in the village, Balgatanga. It's a village, or uh, there's a district in Balgatanga. After that time, it was called Talisi Nabdam district. Right now, it is called Nabdam because I've been separated. But then it was Talisi Nabdam district. And there's a village in that place called Pitanga. In the local dialect, it's pronounced Pitang. But in English, it is written Pitanga. So I traveled with my mom in the year uh, December 1999 to Accra to go see my family. We had all the family living in Accra except my mom and I in the village. <coughs> Excuse me. So we got to Accra in December 1999, a few days before Christmas. And then um, Zidane, Daniel Tando, my little brother, was born to uh, my stepmom. Uh, was uh, living with my dad, which was the first son of my stepmom. So uh, three months after Zidane was born, Zidane was born in September. So, we got to Accra in December. So, he was three months old when I got to Accra. And uh, the night before we arrived in Accra, we had a little cousin, or uh, our nephew, I mean, sorry, my auntie who was living with my uncle, Fanboy, they call him Fanboy, Aditibam. He She also gave birth to a little girl called Dinah. So, she was born the night before we arrived. So, I got to Accra excited. I was four years old. I was young and the first time I would you know you had to travel out i was excited i got to meet new people i quickly learned the ga ga is a language spoken by the accra, uh, the people of accra it's called adagme that's the language we speak in accra so i learned it so fast and i started speaking you know with the people uh, i started fighting with the kids i have a whole lot of stories which are uh, the details are in my book itself so fast forward to uh that time we actually spent christmas in accra we went to kumasi in january to go see my uncle anina who is my my father's uh brother we went to see his wife and uh, his kids mohammed ibrahim and smyla and he also he also had a lot of workers in the house so we went to spend some time in kumasi we returned to accra in january of 2000 and then After a few days, we headed for the village, back to the village again. So, but after that time, I was not very smart. I have never been to school. I have never had any formal education. I just saw life to be funny, you know, and that was the first time I was actually seeing my dad since I grew up. Since I was born, I don't remember ever seeing my dad. So, that was the first time I happened to have set my eyes on my father for the first time. So, I was excited. We had our differences he beat me up because i was stubborn i did some things yeah uh and actually in that um, in that period i went to i was having some rashes on my body even right now sometimes when i eat something that is not yeah I'm, that's why i'm very careful of what i eat when i eat some food that is strange i get some rashes on my body so we they took us to uh the gati the doctor there was a doctor in accra uh which is um uh, uh what i forgot the name of the place but i can still remember it it's in Tema, new town accra and uh so it's called uh oh i forgot the name of the place yeah but i can remember the place very well like i know the area so because i've, I've lived in accra afterwards so i know the area where we took, took me to go and see this doctor and he gave me a prophecy he was a man of god and he told my mom why did you wait till this rushes got this far to bring the child to me. Don't you know that he's going to be a doctor like me? And save people? He has a great future. So your husband should be responsible. I, I can't remember everything he said. But my mom kept telling me the things he said over and over the years. So it got, it got stuck in my head. So we had a very good Christmas. We left for in uh, in February, March. I think it was March. Then we came home i said in the village and i had this uh, elder brother of mine called uh Grubire, and uh, we knew him as Krubire until it he became adam's so he was a cowboy he was taking care of the family cattle so like every day he would wake up uh you know get his things ready go take the c- kettle out my grandfather had a lot of cattle my actual biological grandfather was no more i've never met him i really heard stories about how great he was so i had a uh, step biological father i mean grandfather sorry uh he was adam Bire, so he had kettle and the kettle were for the family so adams was the eldest who was grown among us so he was the one taking care of the cattle so every day what he would do is he would get up in the morning take the kettle out feed them till he, and bring them back in the evening no school for him he had no other job to do to take care of the kettle so every day Monday to Sunday that was his job no holiday and uh, except you were sick right so that's how it went so when I got back from my career I started, I started growing a bit older sometimes uh, my mom, I, I would just want to go out with the kettle so I fell in love with it so I would, uh, I, I became a cowboy so it's also my, my responsibility because I was still young but I just wanted to play around the kettle and also play with my brother so i would go meet him and they have we had the kettle what happens is that all the neighbors who had kettle would bring them together and then all the children would play together so like would, we could take them to the forest very far away from home we had a forest called Ababila so if you can remember i had always written Ababila in my stories in my you know so Ababila is a place like a forest far away from home sometimes we took them to Mo Morin which means uh, a dump in the forest right and other times we just roam around the neighborhood so all the kids, what happened was that when we bring the kettle together, there's a wrestling competition to find who is the strongest for that day. So in that hierarchy, to start from the smallest to the eldest, so the one who is on top, he would be the last. So when the kettle go away, the the, 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 uh, the weakest person among us will have be the first to go and bring them back followed by the next until the highest in the hierarchy who won that day he doesn't do anything he he sits down and sends people to do things for him so when it's your turn to wrestle and you you don't want to wrestle you can admit defeat and be lower than the person you're supposed to wrestle with and if you think you can compete then you have to go wrestle him if you put him down and he can't get up then you are the winner of that day and that means if the kettle go far away he has to go uh, bring them uh, back or uh, if, if it's time for us to go take lunch, you will go before him. That is what it meant, right? So I saw all these things. I saw this competition. I saw bulls fighting. You know, a lot of competition. When we, when we take our kettle out, we also see other people who had their kettle. So we meet different kind of people. People you did not know who would threaten you to beat you up. And a whole lot of other competition. People, they beg something from you and you didn't, they will, like, seize it from you by force. You gotta be tough and strong. So I saw all this, so uh, but it was not yet my responsibility. So it got to a point, Adam fell sick, but I think he was called Kulbiri. We tried all forms of treatment, but it did not work. So they had to take him to Accra to go spend some time with my dad while he gets his healing. So it was our turn. I had a cousin, uh, a cousin of my uh what do you call it my half uh, my my half uncle which is my father's half brother at at Tambiri he had a son called Joe who was a bit older a year or two older than I but we're almost the same age if you see us there's no difference we're almost the same size same height because I was a little bit taller than he was yeah so kind of like it was our turn to take care of the cattle but we're two so what happened was we could not uh, go out concurrently to take care of the kettle so what happens is we had two days joe will go in two days then uh when it's, he will rest for two days and i also go for two days so that's how we did it excuse me yeah, i had a flu so excuse me i had a flu so sorry about that so joe took the kettle out for two days and when it's my turn i also took the kettle out for two days so we did that uh you know over and over and over until yeah I became a full-time cowboy because we were now the elderly people in the village so Joe would that time I think I was seven or eight I was seven roughly around seven so Joe would take the kettle out then sorry he would come back after two days and I also take them out so when it's my turn I'll get up in the morning my mom will make some food for me to eat then I'll get some millet you know and put it in my bag then I, I we had milk to drink from the kettle I will get a water bottle, and i will take my bag. That, uh, uh, we have something we called dory, which was a rot. You take it, you go take the kettle out. You meet different kinds of people. Some people will beat you up. You know, and my house, we had the biggest of the kettle. So we had the main bull who was the master of all the bulls. Sometimes they want my bull to go fight another bull. I would say no, and they have to force me to let them do it. You know, I saw different kinds of things getting beaten up. I I lost kettle and I have to go search for them by myself. You know, all night, sometimes when it's raining, you are far away from home. You got to get bitten by the rain. You know, I saw all sort of things, competitions. There were uh, a lot of people who were also protective of me. Sakura from my boss house. Yeah, I think he's now grown, he's married now. You know, I had a lot of other guys. You know, I can't mention so many names, but I think the details would be in my autobiography. So I became a full-time cowboy. Every day we go to the forest. Sometimes we just roam around. It depends on the name, the type of, the, how, what the weather of the day. If they were sunny, we're taking the kettle far away into the forest and there was no water. We had to drink water from the running stream and we had to eat only millet. Sometimes we eat wild fruits and then we come home late. Sometimes at 9 p.m., sometimes late they have to. And there was no phone call, there was no nothing. They just hope you come home. So now we lost some of the kettle and they have to wait for us, go search for them in the forest to get them back. And you know it was a tough competition until the year 2003 so it was uh, and what happens is it was only during the rainy season that we took the cattle out in Ghana we had two seasons in the northern part of Ghana the rainy season which is about six months where it rains continuously people sow their crops which is mostly millet you know corn and rice and granite and uh, bambaran beans and all kind of crops you know so uh around november to april there's no rain so we leave the cattle no one takes cattle out so everybody can come home and sit at home what we can do is we, only twice in the day we take them to the dam to drink water and in the evening we take them again to drink water so morning evening that's all the only duty we had and at night we bring them in and lock them up so during the dry season which is from uh, november to april we did not take the cattle out just sit at home take them to go drink water and bring them back so uh, around November 2003, I think it was 11th of November, my sister uh, Fatih Atando, she was in Accra, she came home after her BS, I think her senior high school exam. May her soul rest in peace, we lost her on the 25th of September in 2022. May her soul rest in peace, she was a great woman, she was, uh, she helped me, she was the one without her, I wouldn't be in school today. So she came and said, no, Martins, you have uh, her, you're very smart, you're intelligent, why is he not home? Let me take you to school got to go to school get educated and become a doctor so she took me to school uh, we had an uncle called Mr Sapat Francis I think he's still alive now I have his number I just haven't contacted him he was my mother's external f- family something yeah so she knew my mom I mean he knew my mom Francis Sapat, but I didn't know him so we, my sister took me to him and said okay this is my brother I want him to start school today so I started school that day in 2003, 11 of November 2003, I think I was eight years old. So I started school and that was the beginning of my life. I loved it. I fell in love with it. So because it was dry season, there was no stiff competition. Joe would not bother taking the kettle in the morning and I'd take them in the evening. But the main trouble came when it was rainy season. So we had to take them full time and keep them. So Joe said he's not going to do that alone. And my grandfather also got angry with me for going to school and he cursed me he said you will not make anything out of this education that you are doing you are leaving my kettle to go to school you will not prosper in it so i still only stood my ground we called my father and we sorted out the difference he Said, okay joe would take the kettle from monday to friday and i'll take them on monday and saturday and sunday and when there's a holiday i'll take it so that's how it went monday to friday i went to school and then um uh, sunday uh, saturday and sunday weekends i take charge and joe will rest on weekends and then when it's a holiday then i'll take charge too that's how it went so that's how my school started and then uh you know i, I was not that brilliant uh for the first time first semester which was which we call a term. uh it didn't go so well second term was better and the third time i started understanding the system and i scored all 100 like we had five or six i still have my old papers with me back in my village so i scored all 100 and i was promoted to class two in 2004 and i had a teacher called Bamit Prosper who i still know his house up to there. and i was taking everybody again i was very smart i was one of the i'm, the, I'm one of the smartest kids uh from uh, yeah from that school so i did well again and 2005 i went to primary three and then I had a teacher called Magdalene Adenba and I was his Tatra, I was his Tamra so that woman told me I will never prosper yeah, because I couldn't talk in class and all I was very smart and then uh, 2006, I went to class 4 and that's where the whole thing began people started hearing about me, I was smart, went for quizzes you know, people said this guy was intelligent and all that so there was a teacher called Daniel Yaba which i'm still looking forward to meet him so he gave us uh, an exam in the third term of the final term of 2004 and i scored all of it so this about these polygons hexagon pentagon octagon so he said to name them and i got all the marks correct and he went and saw the headmaster and he said okay this guy is too smart for his colleagues here so let's promote him one class let's jump in one class so instead of going to primary five i went to primary six directly so 2007 I was in primary 6 and then there is the my, my story like so I did not go to primary 5 so that means uh, I would have been a year later if I hadn't jumped primary 5 to go to class primary 6 it was competitive because I had to jump a class to be with people I hadn't studied with people who had said I the previous class than me but I did my best and I became the second top person in the class but later on I topped the class and that's how the history all started. Excuse me. so yeah so that's how it is. But can I share some interesting facts uh, from this journey so far? You know, one thing is, never seen my dad. it was tough because since I was born, I just heard of him, he was a rich man, he was in a crowd, the whole village honored him, but I never saw him until 1999. When i saw him and i remember he might have come earlier when i was younger but i can't remember the time i remember seeing him was 1999 when i went to Accra to see him until then i never saw him again until 2005 when he came with my brothers Peter and Paul for some ceremony or whatever and then, that was the time i saw him again so never saw him till 1999 never saw him after six years 2005 so i was looking at him like see my father and said, so, yeah that's him so life was tough going with my mom my mom would hustle she would um she was selling or you know and had this gold mines this is not like a large gold mine or something it was kind of like um some riverside mining and it would go in the morning and come in the afternoon so my mom would wake me up in the early in the morning like 5 a.m that's why i'm punctual if you know me you ever invited me for a meeting or you've ever called me to come do something i would you know i'll be late i'll be earlier I'll, be, I'll come one hour before the time. And that's how my mom taught me. She would wake me up early in the morning. but It, was, it would be very cold in December. We had what we call Hamatan in Africa. In the northern part of Ghana. Very cold and dry weather. My mom would wake me up and bath me. You know, to go to school. My mom is my hero. She's my heroine Because she would bath me and take me to school. Like, sometimes it's rain and I have to cross the river. Sometimes when it's overflowing, I have to walk through the other side to cross a bridge called Avarimi, right? And uh, it was tough. Never seen my father it was one of the, the toughest things to deal with. But I, I endured it. Just my mom and I, she would work hard. My mom is a hard worker. And that's what I learned, to work hard extra. She, she would do a lot. She would farm. She would take care of the goats. We had our personal goods where we tied them. She would go to the market to buy her stuff. She would farm. She would do the cooking, do the harvesting, all by herself see was the hardest worker i've ever met so i learned hard work you know i learned to endure pain and um, excuse me i had just one uniform for uh, the whole of five years i'd never wore shoe before no until 2005 when my dad came he bought me some shoe right i just wore slippers and i had one pair of uniform so i learned to manage the little i had and they had what we call Sogum where they were cooking food. There was this school feeding program where they'll bring food and you only had to pay like uh five hundred, which is now fifty pesos, which is way, way zero point zero 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 cents But I could not afford it. Sometimes I could because my mom was trying her best for me and I would pay for it. sometimes she didn't have and I just go to school and hope for the best. So we go to school, we eat once in a day. Sometimes if you don't you don't have money to pay for the school feeding program, you come home empty handed empty stomach my mom would prepare some lunch sometimes we go for a funeral or she's busy she's not home i have to come home and find something to eat you um, know it was a tough journey and uh I, I i i that's how i learned to fight from being a cowboy competing with others not to be the lowest rank so i'll go bring the kettle back when they go away from fighting to protect my bull from uh going for a bull fight you know from fighting to protect what was mine which were my millet which i was try to survive for the whole day from fighting you know not having food going without water not hearing from anybody just go the whole day they know you are safe you come back home with a kettle losing your kettle going to search for them you know uh, getting stung by bees you know getting beaten by rain you know uh, sometimes we had uh, thorns choking our legs you know and had to make these slippers with a car tire so that we could walk without getting hurt without hurting our legs you know it was a tough journey you know, and I had this mentality, but I never grew bitter No, I was I have never been bitter at any at any point in my life. I was strong, I was very hopeful and ambitious. So when I started school, I just hoped to go to school. I just wanted to do better. I had no competition. I just wanted to study my books. I just wanted to do better. And I just kept doing better. And now that's my spirit. I, that spirit has been with me. Consistency. Wake up early, work hard protect what is yours fight to stay relevant and that has been that spirit that has come with me you know my life's journey is incredible and uh, looking at where I come from from Pitanga you know move, uh, not knowing anything haven't even read a book starting school in the following year you know five years in you are the best in the school uh, making history you know my journey would continue I will have a lot to say I'm, I've written a lot about myself and uh, I'll let me just end it here for the beginning so this is how I developed a tough spirit It's because of the upbringing it's because of the things I experienced because of my mom's help my mom's advice my mom was a tough woman she very principled she would beat me up and I knew I was always wrong and then she would for- forgive me and teach me what to do and what not to do again and she loved me she gave me almost everything that I wanted we didn't have much but we were the among the best in the community see probably it was the best because she gave me everything my school fees she would pay it my exam fees she would pay it you know if I needed my uniform is torn she would sew it She would buy me slippers buy me books buy me pens everything about my school she would get it for me and I learned that from her to be tough and fight for what is yours so that is my journey for the uh, for so far and um, you just get, love it All right so stay inspired and fight I'll have more to say about me but for the meantime enjoy this is my life so if you can see me today you know don't be surprised because that's how it is I'm actually surprised I'm here so uh but you don't you shouldn't be because if you look at the child that's coming from this place no electricity we had no electricity until I turned 24 we never had electricity I mean sorry until I turned 21 before I left home we never had electricity so imagine no electricity and we had to use lantern to read you know it was become crazy. Things happened. So yeah. It's my life journey. I hope you enjoyed. Have a good day. See you next month.